What's up, family? What's up, family? It is season two, Creative Conversations with J.A., and I'm glad that you're with me tonight. I need y'all to send some prayers up tonight. Screen was freezing a little bit, so I know something amazing is going to happen tonight. Apostle is in the building, and so we're excited about having her. You know, that's my home run hitter right there. Apostle Heather Collins is in the building. Season two, y'all. Can you believe it? We ain't know if we was going to make it through season one, and we at season two. Season two is we we revving it up. So I hope y'all like me after season two. We're going to be discussing some crazy, crazy topics, some interesting kingdom-like topics. And before I go on, I need you just to follow me on Creative Conversations with J.A. Facebook, Creative Conversations with J.A., Instagram, Creative Conversations with J.A., YouTube. We're on Apple Music. We're on, it's been so long, y'all, I don't forget what we are. Apple Music. We <laughs> we're on Amazon Music. Just check us out. Wherever there is podcasting, that's where you can find us. We on Anchor right now. So we're excited about season two. And I just, as I was at work today, I was just thinking about season two and um, how amazing that this ride has been, and I'm just so grateful for the, the guests that we have and the guests that are to come. And this is just an opportunity. This is a safe place. I might agree with the guests, and I might not, but this is me um, showing how we can agree to disagree without canceling one another, without hating on one another. We just have an intellectual conversation. So there, there might be some people that you might not like on here. There might be some trans on here. There might be some gays on here. There might be some, you don't know. It might, I might have Donald Trump on here. You don't, yeah, you never know. <laughs> and so, but I just want you to rock. Um, thank you for rocking with me. Um, the topic today, I got to get in the flow of stuff. The topic today is fivefold ministry still needed in church. It's fivefold ministry still needed in church. And so I had to bring the apostle so we could discuss it. Had to bring her on. Had to be my first guest of this season. And so we're excited. I just wanted to dedicate, dedicate this show because we come up, this is our first topic next month. This is the topic, but I said, hey, why not have a prime time with the apostle? This is going to be our topic for the month of month of March, and I would not be doing justice if I just wouldn't dedicate the month of this show and this topic to Bishop Otis Carswell, who was one of the persons who pushed me into ministry. I'm dedicating this whole uh, show to him for all month, for this today and the all month, I'm dedicating the show to him, and I'm going to just shout out his his wife, who was my spiritual mother, messenger Annette Carswell, lifting up them in prayer as we lost the giant. Um, so lifting up them in Potter's House Ministries of Pittsburgh in prayer. Without further ado, we're going to get into our topic and we're going to bring the apostle in. Apostle. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Season two. Woo! Yes. Come on. Can you believe it? <laughs> Listen, I love have, it. We had to have you back on. So our topic, we just going to get into our topic. 
because I know go. you could go. Is the fivefold ministry still needed? Before, before that, I just want to read the verse that we love to read. Come on with it. Ephesians 4, 11. And he gave some apostles, some mm -hmm. prophets, and some evangelists, mm -hmm. and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work mm -hmm. of the ministry, for the for what I say, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so mm -hmm. <laughs> it's fivefold ministry still needed yes. in the church. Why? <laughs> well, the, the answer is simply yes, because it's God's um, blueprint for how the church should run and how it should operate. Um, again, we have five ascension gifts here, five, right? We have the apostle who governs, mm. the prophet that guides, Ooh. the evangelist that gathers, the pastor that guards, and the teacher that grounds. Mm. We good so far? <laughs> you just going to start off with this. Okay. Yes, we're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, because if we understand our role, we won't be so quick to want to excommunicate um, people from uh, their positions or their placement rather in church. We will understand that we are not titles, we're functions, right? Apostle mm -hmm. is not my title, it's my function. This is what I do. I am an mm -hmm. apostle, whether I am building, setting up, establishing, bringing correction in the church or out of the church. When you find me at work, I'm establishing. Uh-oh. When you find me <laughs> at work, I'm governing. This is Ooh. not just what I do, but it is who I am. Fivefold ministry gifts is an expression, a demonstration of who we are in the body of Christ and who he has called us to be. So if I understand that as a teacher, my role is to ground, right? I am to provide a foundation for kingdom living. Come on, Hebrews 6 and 1. How many of us don't even know the foundations of the, of the gospel that we preach? As a teacher, I'm supposed to ground you. As a teacher, I'm supposed to make your footing stabilized. As a teacher, I'm supposed to ensure that that which you hear as a preached word can be applied as a lived word. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Say that again. As a teacher, I am to ensure that what you hear as a preached word can be applied as a teached, as a, yes, can be applied as a lived word. Excuse me. Hmm. Wow. What you hear, 
as a preached word. Somebody has to be able to now take it, dissect it so that you can live by it. Most of the time we're caught up in such an emotional hype on a Sunday that we don't get all of the nuts and bolts of the word that helps us to be able to live. So the teacher comes back around and says, do you understand that? Do you have understanding? Knowledge is the principal thing. Knowledge. So this is what we do in order to be effective in our walk. Mm. Now, once the teacher comes and grounds us, we, you know, the evangelist helps to gather the past. It's unrealistic, Jay, to think that a pastor or an apostle or an, a prophet is responsible for going out fishing. It's mm. unrealistic. I know we want pastors to do everything, but baby sheep begat sheep. It's Stop not the right pastors. there. Ooh. You sound like my bishop. He said sheep begat sheep. So that's really this my I could do it. But sheep begat sheep. I'm sorry, Apostle. Go ahead. He, you sound like him. <laughs> you sound like my bishop. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I mean, it is what it is. We have to understand that if I'm going to guard the sheep, which is my job, I can't be gathering as well. Because now my attention is taken off of the foxes that may try to come in and pull the sheep out of the pasture. Now I have to make sure that um, I'm leading and guiding to where there is fresh manna, fresh waters, that the sheep are not falling into thickets. My, my job is to guard. My job is to be able to see the enemy afar off. Wow. That's so the reason why I picked this topic is for that reason is because we have these ascension gifts and it's just like it's like a fight sometimes we see in the body of Christ. Um and I believe this is the reason why some of our I want to say some I want to say some of our people our pastors are getting wore out cuz they're trying to do all the jobs. And they have not distributed. They don't, they they trying to do all the jobs. <laughs> they try to be the teacher, the evangelist, the prophet, the apostle. And you can't well, do all the jobs. <laughs> sometimes pastors end up doing all the jobs because oftentimes those that are available are not capable. Oof. And those that are capable are not always available. And so we have a problem of those that, you know, are available, have an eagerness to do ministry, but they're not capable because timing, teaching and training is necessary in order for them to be effective. That's one instance. Number two, oftentimes pastors find themselves uh, doing everything because they lack trust because everybody wants to talk about church hurt in the pew, but what about mm. the church hurt in the pulpit? What about the fact that the, the 
pastor is trying to get over the fact that so-and-so just walked out on them after years of relationship, after years of trusting them with vision without any answer, without any rhyme or reason. What do we do when the pastor is experiencing betrayal and now they have to learn how to trust again. They have to learn now how to pick up pieces of the vision that were given to key leaders that because they didn't understand their timing and their place, they walked away prematurely. What happens when we have leaders, right, that um, are so used to Um, micromanaging that they wear the people out because they do too much. See, there's so many ways that this conversation can go, but Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is pastors should not be doing it all. No one person in the body of Christ can do it all. That's why he sent us assistance. He sent the disciples out two by two. You should be able to have a partner, somebody that you can trust in ministry that can help you carry out the vision. No man is an island unto themselves. And when we lack confidence and self-esteem within, we will always be fighting without. We will always be in competition. And my job is not to compete against you. My job is to support you and make you better. Wow. Wow. And so (laughs) that right there, right there. And so one of the things, one of my good friends, Apostle uh, Guns talked about, he had a, um, um, a, a Facebook live and he was talking about the fivefold. He said, we like to call it the fivefold gift. He said, but I like to call it the fivefold off. No, he said, I like to call it the five. We call it the fivefold office. But he said, I like to call it the fivefold gift. Right. Um, he said, because in the office, you can be elected <laughs> and elected out. <laughs> Hence my point. I am what I am in the church or out of the church as a prophet of the Lord. I have the ability to flow in the in the gift of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, whether the the organ is playing, the drum is beating or not. I can prophesy in Walmart. I can prophesy at the post office because I am a prophet. I am a gift. It is something that rests in me, rests on me, and operates through me. Sheesh. Wait a minute. So you you just came with the bullets uh, uh, loaded tonight. Oh, we're coming. In me, on me, and through me. See, if you can only operate when the atmosphere is created, then you're not a gift. You're a hireling for the moment. Because you're vulnerable. Wow. But when the atmosphere has been removed and you are going through your day-to-day life, you understand that I am a gift. This is who I am. I am a gift to all those that come into my, my space and I in theirs. That's not a place of arrogance. That's just a place of confidence and understanding this is who God has created me to be. Hmm. 
So, so as an evangelist, I have to empower, um, excuse me, as a pastor, I have to empower the evangelist to gather, right? I have to release them to go out in the communities. I have to prepare them to compel men to come. I have to make sure that they're not biased or having their own phobias. They're not judgmental. They're not condemning people to hell. I have to make sure that they understand the principle that he says, I wish that none would be lost, but that all would come into the knowledge of Christ. Mm evangelists are not afraid to get dirty. They're not afraid to go where the sheep are. See, when we see Jesus going to the to, to the bar, as we like to say it, and he was down there with the wine bibbers, that was the evangelistic ministry of Jesus. He went to where they were. Evangelists don't have a problem going, whereas pastors are supposed to sit in the house in order to provide nurturing, protection, preaching, teaching, equipment. They, they, they sit at the house so that when the evangelist brings them in, they're prepared to be able to help clean them up, love on them, um, uh, share with them and give them what they need. One of the Ooh. things we don't do anymore, we don't empower our evangelists to go out into the highways and hedges. How many people with the with the office of evangelism do we even know anymore? The numbers of evangelists are doing. Because everybody wants to be or a pastor. But baby, the truth of the matter is you're just a good evangelist. You're social. Stay there. Woo! So is there, you feel like there's an identity crisis in these ascension gifts? Oh, not only is there an identity crisis, but we look at the ascension gifts as a step ladder. Like, mm. okay, I was a teacher. I was a teacher. Now my next step is an evangelist. Oh, I was an evangelist. Now my next step is a pastor or prophet. I could go either way. It just depends upon my track right now and how God is using me. So if I feel like I'm more prophetic than anything, then my next step will be prophet. And then from there, I'll take the next rung and I'll be pastor. And God knows I, I have a, uh, I have a, a, a time frame on which I have to get to the next place. And so we look at it as a promotion or a step stair to get to the office of the apostle. And that's not what it is. It is Jesus. a governmental authority that operates collectively and cohesively so that the body of Christ can grow exponentially together by experiencing the glory of God. It is the administrative government. Ooh, goodness, Lord. This is not about promotion. This is not a, you're not on a secular job where you have to do one office or one role in order to get to the, the other. One role doesn't qualify you for the other four. Whew. One role doesn't qualify you for the other four. <laughs> I know they're not going to like me either, but that's okay. It's okay. It's creative it's conversations. We back. <laughs> it's okay. 
It's okay. Y'all be all right. I mean, right. we having all these. I mean, I never seen so many apostles. Right. And <laughs> I mean, what we I mean. and what we're doing is we're building a resume versus a relationship. Oof. So now it becomes about all the things that I've done and all the things that I've completed in all the places I've been and all the people that I've preached for versus how many relationships have you built? How many lives have you helped um, win to Christ? What, what does your soul tally look like, right? How many relationships are you building? So it's amazing to me that you've preached on so-and-so's platform, you've traveled to this conference, you've gone here, you've gone there, but you don't have any relationships with people. You, you're in a different church every two years. Mm. Everybody that you come in contact with, you fall out with. Because you're building a resume and not a relationship. And unfortunately, we now are looked at as opportunists, right? What's the next big opportunity for me to excel or ascend in order for my name to be great? And that's not what fivefold ministry is about. It's about the administrative governmental authority of God in the earth that works in a collaborative function to win the loss to the kingdom. Wow. And so now it's, it's, it seems like it's not about the assignment of the office. It's about how many platforms we can acquire. Right. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to like me either. Oh, well. <laughs> right. Because and so we have all these now, platforms. Yeah, I'm sorry, Apostle. No, you're fine. Because we are judging our impact based upon the number of platforms versus the number of relationships that we build with people. So mm -hmm. is your impact platforms or is your impact people? <laughs> Woo. Because he said, go out into all the world and to preach the gospel to the lost, to the people. And he never said that we needed a platform to do it. In other words, he didn't mean to go down to your friend's church, preach there, then preach it to other friend's church. Y'all done preached to the same people for the last few years. <laughs> and they still act the same. Yeah. So we, so we become a church of recycled platforms, recycled messages, recycled relationships, and we are not going beyond the four walls of the church to compel mm -hmm. men to come. Not only that, but we're not bringing the saints into the unity of the faith because we don't fellowship with nobody but ourselves. Good Lord. My five and no more. Right. Right. <laughs> Lord. And then we we are here looking crazy to the world. 
<laughs> I mean, there's no order, no structure, but you impossible so and so. And we looking well, crazy. We <laughs> well, that's because one of the things about the fivefold ministry gifts is that our ability to collaborate also brings with it accountability. As the apostle, I am accountable to the prophet that guides. I am accountable to the pastor that guards, the evangelist that gathers, and the teacher that grounds. And likewise, in reciprocity, they are accountable to me. We won't put anyone in position that is contrary or remotely feels like they challenge our authority. So now we don't have a level of accountability. The prophet mm. and the apostle, we may not always agree on methodology, but we will agree on theology. We may not always agree on the approach, but we will agree on the assignment. And one mm. thing that we have to uh, do better with is agreeing to disagree, but making the decision that is in the best interest of the kingdom of God and the people. Right. Cause that's what it's about. The people at the end it's of the day. It's about the souls. Souls. Not it's about, about the ego. souls. Not, right. not about this robe that you're going to wear. <laughs> it's like, no. Um, no. And I think that is that is one of the problems too that each office or set gift are not operating the way they should. They're operating separately and not together. Right. And therefore, that's why the sheep are scattered everywhere. Right. <laughs> so, so we've unfortunately created silos in the body of Christ. Right. We've talked about this um, last season that. We've created silos to where I do me and you do you because we're mm -hmm. afraid of um, losing members. We're afraid of, I don't know, somebody else loving somebody more than us. I don't know what it is, but we're just afraid. We want to be great in the eyes of the people that we've been sent to serve when, when really we're great based upon the service that we give, not based upon who we are, but the service that we give. You're going to mm -hmm. keep coming back to a restaurant based mm -hmm. upon the fact that when you went there, they made you feel welcome. They made you feel important. They took mm -hmm. time. They took quality uh, with their food, with their service. It's going to make you come back. Wow. Versus a restaurant. People. Yeah, we haven't made people welcoming. We haven't made people want to come back. Um, no. Don't. We want people yeah. to pay for, for our name, but there's nothing attached to our name. <laughs> nothing attached to our name. Woo. And we. Yeah, I don't want to say what I, I need. We, as a church, we're too busy worrying about the what the world is doing 
And all I know is the world been the world since the world was created. They gonna be the right. world. We right. too worried about the Grammys. We too worried about certain artists. I mean, I just, oh, Lord. It's just so a lot. It, it, it is a lot because we've become distracted and we've become desensitized, <clears throat> excuse me, to the work of the enemy. And we forgot what our assignment is. So again, we're supposed to be, let's talk about it, to perfect and mature the saints. We're supposed to bring saints into the work of the ministry. So I should be creating disciples. I should be teaching and training more teachers, more evangelists, right? More mm -hmm. um, believers into the, this is what I should be doing. I should be edifying the body of Christ, meaning, I should not be using my platform to publicly rebuke folk. Wait. A yeah. I should not be using my platform to humiliate folks. Air people's dirty laundry. I am supposed to be edifying the body of Christ. When we stand up behind that sacred desk, even if it is a word of correction, even if it's a word of rebuke, we have to remember that Jesus never gave a rebuke without a resolution. He never told them to change and then didn't tell them how. He mm. never told them, okay, you need to change this behavior or you're going to hell and then didn't leave them with the blueprint on how to function. Our goal is to edify, bring people into the faith. Wow. But because we're not operating in love, we don't know how to cover each other. We don't know how to protect one another. And so instead of me bringing people into the unity of the faith, we're losing folks out of Christianity by droves because they don't want to come to the church house. They don't want to be associated with a God like ours that we portray is so unloving and so unforgiving. Mm, good Lord today. And then I was having a conversation with um, my sister, uh, shout out to uh, Prophet Kamisha Henry. She was saying, watch out for those people who only are only come up in times of controversy. The only time, <laughs> the only time you hear them is when there's a controversy happening. But when there's no controversy, they have no word. Right. Because they have no relationship with God. They're opportunists. They're those that seek a platform or an arise based upon what is going on in the world. Listen, let me tell you something. The reason why fivefold ministry gifts is still needed because as the prophet of the Lord hears from God and dispenses the word of God on the assignment, it is then the apostle that governs the movement that is needed to make sure that the word is being carried out the way that God intended. Mm. 
if you don't have an accurate prophet in your life that can release the word of God to you, you all out here willy nilly by yourself and you're you're not completing anything. You're not fulfilling any assignment. So now you become a bandwagoner and not a builder. Jesus, a bandwagoner and not a builder. Also, one thing that God has brought to my um, memory is that even in biblical times, the prophets were next to the kings who weren't saved. And if you, and you got to be so strategic that you can miss an opportunity because you rebuking this one and rebuking that one. And when you should have been quiet to infiltrate. Okay, if you don't understand the assignment, then it's best that you keep your mouth closed. Everybody, everybody's assignment is not to the kingdom of God. I can be saved and my, and understand that my assignment is to the marketplace or to the secular system. Yes. Period. That's my assignment. That's my assignment. To win the loss. David was, excuse me, Daniel was a prophet, but guess what? He was assigned to have to serve Nebuchadnezzar. He, he was a heathen king. Right. That eventually, once he found himself in a place, had to return to the ways of God. Yes. Yes. And you get, man. <laughs> That's and what... we are discrediting people whose assignment is different than ours. And we're saying that it's not God. And you've got to be very, very careful what you say is not God, because he said that he would take the foolish things to confound the wise, the foolish yes. things. And if you don't know that God is breaking down the traditions of, of, of man and, and the bales that we have built up in the church, it's going against what we think is correct. Hmm. Wait a minute. Did you say the bales of the church? The, oh, the bells of the church, because we've created idols in the church and now we want to call it God. And it's not. He told the woman, he said, the time is now where the worshiper will worship me in spirit and in truth, not in your temple and not in your mountain, not in those places that you created as sacred cows. What's a sacred cow? A sacred cow are those things that we idolize and that we worship that give us a sense of holiness and deity but god is far from it what is your sacred cow mm, what is it <laughs> what is it My we've god. set up we have established so many boundaries in the church that keep people from coming into relationship because the minute they do something that they think the church wants from them, now all of a sudden here's another hurdle that they have to overcome. Mm. Wow. Mm. So when, when did we get so, I want to say, so title hungry? 
<laughs> I just had this conversation today. And we we talked about it a little bit before in um in season one. Y'all go back and watch those episodes, we right? We was, we was this is fire. Come on now. Yeah. But remember, the church was the only place that the black man could be re respected. Mm -hmm. It was the only place that the black man could hold position, hold title, and where their word meant something. That's the only place. So we have capitalized the church on being the place where we're going to be heard. We're going to be respected. Mm -hmm. And we're going to use the authority that we are given in this time and in this place. Mm. That's how that started. That's how that began. And mm. over time, we've built empires. We've built denominations that have given people more and more authority as the voice of God to the generations. And we've accepted it. And it was what it was. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> how do we, <coughs> excuse me, how do we pull this in? We've been given the blueprint, but we've been given the kingdom blueprint, but seemingly people don't want to follow that blueprint. <laughs> I mean, they just, <laughs> they following their own blueprint. And so what do we go do moving forward to to assure that the blueprint is being um, manifested? The Bible says for us to walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Mm. Right? Paul mm -hmm. says, I wish I could talk to you all um, and give you the um the strong meat but you're carnal minded hmm. so i only thing i could do is give you the sincere milk of the word there's more i want to give you there's more mysteries that i want to unfold to you but there's a maturity that is required can i tell you mm. that in this next dispensation of what god is going to do it's there's a maturity that is required by the body of Christ to be able to embrace, sustain, and uphold this next move of God, because it's going to go against what we have deemed right or what we are comfortable with. God is literally taking the church out of its comfort zone because listen, revival is hitting the land. And you have to know that when revival hits the land, you're going to embrace and encounter all different types of people. But you're going to have to be mature. You're going to have to be ready. There's a perfection and a maturing that is coming and is needed to the body of Christ if we're going to handle what's next. Mm. Wow. When you say revival, you don't mean that three-day service. No. I don't. Just and I'm clarify. not gonna talk. I'm not gonna talk about revival because people will gonna are gonna get upset with me. But when real revival takes place, it's not an isolated incident. 
<laughs> when real revival takes place, it's not an isolated incident. Mm-mm. Have you ever known fire to be isolated? No. It spreads. Okay. It spreads. <laughs> and I'm not knocking anything. Right. I'm just saying, again, let's not get so um, caught up that we miss Move. The maturing <laughs> that needs to be done in order for a revival to be sustained across our nation. Mm. Real revival hasn't been broken, can't really break out yet because the apostles and the prophets are not strategically placed. There's a company of apostles and prophets that will begin to work together. When wow. real revival takes place, we will not still be dealing with hurts and pains and we won't be talking about haters and church hurt and little small stuff that again divides us no you're going to see a unity of the faith wow it's amazing that you talk about the companies because um the man i talked about bishop Otis carswell this is maybe good 10 years ago he had established <laughs> prophetic companies, apostolic companies, evangelistic companies. And at the time, I'm like, what is cool? This is just some this is more titles. And I always say, and just God rest his soul, he was a man before his own time. Because <laughs> we're talking about it today, how we need these prophetic companies and apostolic companies and i mean five-fold companies established right before our eyes and as a young i'm gonna say a young preacher i didn't really under grasp it or and i took it for granted <laughs> i took it for granted um and and when i think about it i'm like wow this is a man that was before his time i mean and and, and today we can't even we can't even get the pastors <laughs> to, to, to commune together, let alone five-fold companies. Like, but that is the order of today. That's the order that is needed. That is, we got to work together. I mean, my sister uh, Lisa Thorpe, she was teaching class, and she had um, a picture of fingers, and she had all five. <laughs> of those ascension gifts were on each one. And that, like you said, and they each, they each had a, a, a role. They weren't, they weren't separate. <laughs> yep. I'm like, y'all did my notes. I know I do. I might have uh, given it to my fiance. And it gave, <laughs> and so yes ma'am <laughs> we love you we love y'all <laughs> we do fivefold the fivefold ministry gifts is a demonstration of unity 
And the Bible mm-hmm. says that where unity is, there he can command the blessing. Wow. Demonstration of unity. We should see fivefold ministry gifts in operation in our churches. Yes. It lifts the burden. It creates opportunities for people to come in and being serviced by the church. Evangelistic ministry is also outreach ministry. What are we doing? Good Lord. Evangelistic is outreach. It's outreach. We see part of the reason why some, not all, because there are some churches out here that are seeing growth. But part of the reason why some of our churches are not seeing growth is because we keep reaching within and God wants us to reach out. Mm. We keep going back after the same fishes and the same people. And again, it goes back to what I said early. It's recycled. Okay. It's recycled when God wants to give us new. He said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Send me into the harvest. Send me. And let me, since I said that, listen, let's talk about that Apostolos just for a minute. And let's understand that again, this is a gift that is sent. It's sent, right? We are sent on assignment. We are sent on an expedition. We are sent to complete a work with orders. We have orders. We do what we have been assigned to do. We get the job done. And once the assignment is complete, then we are sent. And we are sent. Somewhere else. It's mm. only when you're went do you get someplace and don't have the the materials and the sustainability to make it happen. Wow. If you went somewhere and you're struggling, then you weren't sent. Wow. That's just so much right there. It's crazy because our theme for our church this year is laborers are needed. (laughs) And guess what? Mine is Lord build the house. The Bible says that except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. In vain. Mm. Wow. And one thing Bishop, uh, Bishop was saying that it was like when we put our hands on the evangelistic ministry, we was making postcards and we was doing all these all these things. And he said, but when we decided to take our hands off of it and just let God do what he wanted to do, we saw the growth in the church. We saw people, I mean, during COVID, we, we were more packed during COVID than the time, the regular time. And he was just saying, like, sometimes we got to take our hands off of it. And even when we're um, going after souls, he said, don't just, you know, you're not called to everybody. So you need to pray and see where God wants you to go. Like you say, being sent, 
right. and not just going, hey, hey, hey. And she just, you know, God, right. where, what area am I supposed to be in? Right. <laughs> what do you have me to do? What is your assignment for my life? And what is the message, right? What is the message that you would have me to send? What is that which you want me to say? Wow. <laughs> what is the message you would have me to send? What is the message? After you then rebuke me for going to the concert, what's next? What's next? What's next? <laughs> what's next? And, and how you are you teaching me, me to live? Yeah. Now what? Right. Like you said in the beginning, it's just, it, where's the resolution? Yes. Where's the resolution at? Right. <laughs> and how do we look as believers sending everybody to hell? Because we don't agree. And we know what the word says and we don't compromise the word. But no. where is the loving kindness of the beaver coupled with truth and grace? Where is it? Because I can tell you the truth. I can hold you accountable, but I do not have to make you feel as if you are inferior or insubordinate and you are doomed Yes. And one and one thing my sister Kamisha said, she also said is it could be the right message and the wrong timing and the wrong sound. <laughs> it could be the right it could be the right message, but you got the wrong sound and the wrong timing. But that's what the prophet helps to do. The prophet helps to guide the prophet. Right now, all of us have discernment. All of us have discernment. But the, the voice of the prophet helps to guide the timing of what we do based upon the instructions that have been sent from God. Mm. But again, if I'm not surrounding myself with those that can, can, can balance me out, level me out, help bear the weight of this ministry i'm out here causing shipwreck and havoc because i am given an emotional response and not a spiritual one Woo. my god an emotional response and the right. spiritual one. and i also remember when my mom seen me do something wrong she might not have got me right there in public Oh, but behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, you know, I, I think it just depends upon the infraction at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. There's some oh, things, yeah. Some. <laughs> there's, there's some things, I'm that mom. I'm going to get you where you cut up at, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you. But You're right. there's some times right where my look can rebuke you and when we get a good car we can finish this conversation yes 
Yes. We have to understand timing. Timing. It's all about timing. It's all about timing. The Bible tells us, don't let our good be evil spoken of. We mean well. We don't want anybody to be to perish. And even if it's not a good idea, if we don't handle it in the right timing, it can also be, it can, it can cause this ship to this ship to sink real fast. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Yes. One of my favorite shows is The Resident. <laughs> and in The Resident, they have these surgeons that have big egos. Mm. Now, you know, you got my man Jamal, Michael Jamal Warner in there. Um, and one he had a he had a eye for one of the surgeons. But he knew that that surgeon was as was pivotal for this operation to be successful. So he didn't take his eye out while they were doing surgery. Right. <laughs> right. Why? Because the goal was that the person would live. Right. <laughs> right. So so even if we we identify the fact that I have an ought and I am a believer, let's not even talk about fivefold ministry gifts. I'm a believer. I'm supposed to lay my gift down at the altar. <laughs> and have a conversation with you in order for us now to restore the bond of unity. Before mm. I can revelate kingdom knowledge, I have to be able to restore humanity relationships or human mm. relationships. Good Lord. We want to mm. be revelatory. We want to be great. We want to be grand. But baby, your greatest resource is going to be human resource. Your, your greatest resource will be human resource. Because mm. guess what? God can't violate his own law. If he does anything in the earth, it has to be done through a human. Through it. Oh man. So once I learn how to restore the heart, the minds, and the spirits of humans, we now have a better opportunity of unleashing the spiritual gifts on the inside that have been placed there by God in order for us to be effective. A lot of us are not effective because we're disjointed, we're dismantled, we're dysfunctional. And I want you to be, I want you to operate though you're hurting. I want you to prophesy though you're in pain. I want you to sing even though you're suffering. Mm. <laughs> my assignment as an apostle of the Lord, one of my assignments is that before I build, I have to bring healing. That's my assignment. Mm. When I go into any situation, 
I am identifying the broken pieces, the broken places, the wounds, the things that have to be brought back together before we can build. We want to build, but we don't want to take time to heal. Good Lord. We want to build, but we don't want to take time to heal. And if we don't heal, then what we build is still rocky because it's not a healthy foundation. Not a healthy foundation. <sighs> is the fivefold ministry gift still needed? Absolutely. When you Absolutely. understand what your function is, your role is, and you are comfortable collaborating with others because that's the grand design. Mm. Wow. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Apostle Heather Collins. Wow. The nuggets in this show. <laughs> it's crazy. I told you I couldn't start my second season without the apostle. She prophesied some things in that last show, and she's just the connection between me and um apostle. I just this is such a divine connection, and I know that you were blessed. And I just want to thank the apostle tonight. She could have been anywhere. She could have been, you know. She could have been anywhere, but she decided to stop by and just give us just a little bit of nuggets. <laughs> I mean, just a, just, just a little just, bit, cause just a little bit, cause <laughs> we we might have to take creative conversations on the road. <laughs> we 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 might have to do a creative conversations, Lord, conference or something. Jesus, yes, <laughs> in order to bring understanding. Yes. to the body of Christ and to have courageous conversations to dismantle systems of dysfunction. Sheesh. Wow. Mm. This, this is the, you want to know what God is doing? He's dismantling systems of dysfunction in the church. Mm. He's pulling down bales and sacred cows that have been erected in the church that we mm. call God, but he is grieved by. Jesus. Wow. He's um, dismantling. Yes. In order for there to be a great rebuild. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> there we have it. It's fivefold ministry still needed in the church. And based on this conversation, it is still needed in the church. <laughs> it's still Ooh. needed. It will always be needed. <laughs> I'll say that. It will always be needed. Guess what? Until he comes back. <laughs> Until he comes back. Lord. Oh, Until he comes back. Until he comes back. Thank you again, Apostle. Um, this is just one of many conversations in season two with Prime Time with Apostle Heather Collins. Thank you for joining me tonight. I thank you for <laughs> the people that were commenting. 
And if you are just catching the replay, you might have to stop it, take notes. That's I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell y'all next time. Bring your notebooks. <laughs> bring your notebooks when the apostle gets on here. These are some nuggets for life. Mm. Woo, Lord. Do you have anything going on, Apostle, that you want to promote? Any? Yes. So two <laughs> things. Listen, um, I'm going to be in Delaware the weekend of March the 17th, 18th, and 19th with um, my dear friend, um, Prophetess Simone Barber at her Redemption Revival. Listen, that's going to be March. 17th, 18th, and 19th. And listen, you don't want to miss it. The flyer is already up and circulating. It's going to be an amazing weekend um, right here in Delaware at Kingdom Minded Church. So if you're in the area, listen, you don't want to miss it. We have on that, thir on that uh, Thursday night, Pastor Natasha Lewis from Henderson, North Carolina, on Saturday night, it's myself at uh, 6 o'clock p.m. And then on uh, Sunday, March the 19th at 6 o'clock, listen, the preaching machine herself, Apostle Leonette Collins, is going Jesus. to shut it down <laughs> that, <laughs> that Sunday evening. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> listen, you don't want to miss this revival. The address is um, 334 Robinson Lane in Wilmington, Delaware. Redemption Ooh. Revival. You want to be there. Presented by none other than Pastor uh, Simone Barber. It's going to be amazing. And then listen, y'all. Listen, because it gets gooder and gooder. Can I, can I be incorrect for a minute? It gets gooder it and gooder. Because we're coming back to Delaware that very next weekend for our Kingdom Conclave experience at the Grow Place. Kingdom Covenant International Fellowship of Churches is hosting our yearly conclave. It's going to be in Delaware starting Friday, March the 24th. Listen, that Friday, Jay is nothing but prophetic worship and prophecy mm. with our very own psalmist tasha council she's coming it's going to be a night of worship it's going to be a night of praise um it's going to be amazing saturday morning we have workshops from 10 to 2. listen we're going to talk about elevated prayer elevated frequency um elevated a uh, strategic direction um, and advancement. And then that night, that night, y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. That night, the 25th at seven o'clock PM from Maryland, none other than Bishop Bryant K. Martin is going to shut us down that Saturday evening Wow. We got to then get to Delaware, y'all. Oh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't. Wait. Then Sunday at 12 o'clock noon, our very own 
chief apostle, Lannis L. Collins. Jeez. He's going to bring us in with the culmination. Listen, it's going to be a weekend to remember. So we got two things happening. We got the redemption revival and we got conclave coming up. Listen, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. I might have come, to on down. <laughs> come on down. It ain't far. Come on it's down. Four hours. Four come hours. On down. <laughs> come on down and wow. let's enjoy Jesus together. Amen. Woo. Get that up there for y'all. Thank you, Este. Sheesh. Yep. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Thank you. So, thank you for having me. Thank you for yes, allowing always. me to share. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Woo, Jesus. That's that's the kickoff to season two, y'all. That's the kickoff. Topic this month for the month of, month of March is fivefold still needed. Thank you all for supporting. I thank Apostles Crew for always being there and supporting their Apostle. I thank Apostle Heather Collins. And like I always say, thank you for having a creative conversation with me. Have a good night. Be blessed. I got the choir rehearsals. I'm on my way, Sister Tosh. <laughs>